0: Section 11 of Flatland by Edwin Abbott Abbott This LibriVox recording is in the public domain Recording by Linda Olsen Vitak Los Angeles Concerning our priests It is high time that I should pass from these brief and discursive notes about things in Flatland to the central event of this book my initiation into the mysteries of space that is my subject All that has gone before is merely preface. For this reason, I must omit many matters of which the explanation would not, I flatter myself, be without interest for my readers, as, for example, our method of propelling and stopping ourselves, although destitute of feet, the means by which we give fixity to structures of wood, stone, or brick, although, of course, we have no hands, nor can we lay foundations as you can, nor avail ourselves of the lateral pressure of the earth, the manner in which the rain originates in the intervals between our various zones, so that the northern regions do not intercept the moisture falling on the southern, the nature of our hills and mines, our trees and vegetables, our seasons and harvests, our alphabet and method of writing, adapted to our linear tablets these, and a hundred other details of our physical existence, I must pass over. Nor do I mention them now, except to indicate to my readers that their omission proceeds not from forgetfulness on the part of the author, but from his regard for the time of the reader. Yet, before I proceed to my legitimate subject, Some few final remarks will no doubt be expected by my readers upon these pillars and mainstays of the constitution of Flatland, the controllers of our conduct and shapers of our destiny, the objects of universal homage and almost of adoration. Need I say that I mean our circles or priests? When I call them priests, Let me not be understood as meaning no more than the term denotes with you. With us, our priests are administrators of all business art and science. Directors of trade, commerce, generalship, architecture, engineering, education, statesmanship, legislature, morality, theology. Doing nothing themselves, they are the causes of everything worth doing that is done by others. Although popularly everyone called a circle is deemed a circle, yet among the better educated classes it is known that no circle is really a circle, but only a polygon with a very large number of very small sides. As the number of the sides increases, a polygon approximates to a circle. And when the number is very great indeed, say, for example, three or four hundred, it is extremely difficult for the most delicate touch to feel any polygonal angles. Let me say rather it would be difficult, for as I have shown above, recognition by feeling is unknown among the highest society, and to feel a circle would be considered a most audacious insult. This habit of abstention from feeling in the best society enables a circle the more easily to sustain the veil of mystery in which, from his earliest years, he is wont to enwrap the exact nature of his perimeter or circumference, three feet being the average perimeter. It follows that, in a polygon of three hundred sides, each side will be no more than the hundredth part of a foot in length, or little more than the tenth part of an inch. And in a polygon of six or seven hundred sides, the sides are little larger than the diameter of a Spaceland pinhead. It is always assumed by courtesy that the chief circle for the time being has ten thousand sides. The ascent of the posterity of the circles in the social scale is not restricted as it is among the lower regular classes by the law of nature which limits the increase of sides to one in each generation. If it were so, the number of sides in the circle would be a mere question of pedigree and arithmetic, and the 497th descendant of an equilateral triangle would necessarily be a polygon with 500 sides. But this is not the case. Nature's law prescribes two antagonistic decrees affecting circular propagation. First, that as the race climbs higher in the scale of development, so development shall proceed at an accelerated pace. Second, that in the same proportion the race shall become less fertile. Consequently, in the home of a polygon of four or five hundred sides, it is rare to find a sun. More than one is never seen. On the other hand, The son of a five-hundred-sided polygon has been known to possess five-hundred-and-fifty or even six-hundred sides. Art also steps in to help the process of higher evolution. Our physicians have discovered that the small and tender sides of an infant polygon of the higher class can be fractured and his whole frame reset with such exactness that a polygon of two or three hundred sides sometimes, by no means always, for the process is attended with serious risk, but sometimes overleaps two or three hundred generations, and as it were, double at a stroke, the number of his progenitors and the nobility of his descent. Many a promising child is sacrificed in this way scarcely one out of ten survives yet so strong is the parental ambition among those polygons who are as it were on the fringe of the circular class that it is very rare to find the noblemen of that position in society who has neglected to place his firstborn in the circular neotherapeutic gymnasium before he has attained the age of a month. One year determines success or failure. At the end of that time, the child has, in all probability, added one more to the tombstones that crowd the neotherapeutic cemetery. But on rare occasions a glad procession bears back the little one to his exultant parents, no longer a polygon but a circle, at least by courtesy, and a single instance of so blessed a result induces multitudes of polygonal parents to submit to similar domestic sacrifice which have a dissimilar issue. End of chapter 11